Welcome to the Seed Time Living Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Lodick. So glad you are here joining with us today. I'm kind of excited. I'm going out of town tomorrow, and uh, I'm really pumped. Uh, It's been, I'm in need of a little bit of a break right now, and uh, really excited. Our family is going down to Branson, if you know where that is. It is kind of the uh, Vegas of the Midwest, as they call it. It is a small little town in southern Missouri that has a lot of different shows and family activities. Yeah, and I say Vegas, but I actually mean very family-oriented. There's just tons of family stuff to do down there. And so we're headed down there for a few days and looking forward to taking a little break and doing all that. And so today's episode is going to be really quick and um, to the point. And basically, it's pulled out of a video that we did recently on our YouTube channel, in which we've been doing that a little bit. Uh, And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, please do. We're working really hard to create some great stuff over there, and it's going really well. We're having a lot of great engagement with a lot of different readers, or I guess viewers in this case, for all the people over at YouTube. And so if you haven't checked us out over there, please do swing on by. Um, You can just search for Seed Time, you should be able to find us, or you can search for Bob Lodick, L-O-T-I-C-H, that's my last name, that uh, you may not have known how to pronounce, because I realized that, well, I guess I do say it a lot on here. Anyway... So, 10 things American Christians should be doing with their money. And this is all specifically based off of one scripture. And I want you to do a little exercise for me. Here's the gist of it. If you're listening to this, you're probably very wealthy. (laughs) And, you know, before you uh, kind of kick back too strongly against this, uh, wealth is a relative thing. And I think we all tend to forget about that. I think we tend to just look at those around us and we judge and determine wealth based on who's sitting to our left, who's sitting to our right, you know, our neighbors or anything else. And the reality is, is we, we have a skewed perspective of what wealth is. And anyway, so I want to point you to this website called globalrichlist.com. So, you know, phrase, uh, you know, just globalrichlist.com. And if you go over there, and you type in your annual salary, it will tell you exactly how wealthy you are compared to, you know, the 7, 8 billion people on the planet. And so you get a more accurate perspective of your true wealth. And that's what I love about this site so much because it, it helps kind of uh, put things in perspective. You know, the reality is, is that American Christians are pretty much the wealthiest believers that have ever walked the earth. We've just been ridiculously blessed financially. Like we did to just be born in this country is is so amazing. It's such a tremendous blessing, and with that comes a, a level of responsibility. And that's kind of what this episode is about. Anyway, go over there. You know, and if you're driving, that's fine. Just remember it. Or if you get to a stoplight, you can type it in your phone real quick and try that, or make a note for later. But definitely check it out because it's it's eye opening to kind of see how you compare. And like I said, this whole wealth thing is a relative thing. And so maybe you, you know, you would determine that the top 10% of the wealthiest people are truly wealthy, or maybe it's the top 5%, or maybe even the top 1%, you know, and all those things are just kind of arbitrary. Like, how do you, how do you know, like, what's really rich and what's really wealthy? And, and I think you'll find when you do this exercise that you're probably wealthier than you realized. So with all that comes some responsibility, and Paul, the apostle, addresses wealthy believers, you know, specifically in in this passage, and that's what we're going to chat about here. So 
I think that's a good enough introduction for all this. So now let's just drop on in. So what do you think? Were you surprised by the results? Was it what you expected? Do you suddenly feel a little bit richer than maybe you did before? So if you're anything like me, you were probably shocked by what you saw. You know, it was really eye-opening, it was humbling. For me, it like took my gratefulness and appreciation to a whole nother level. So the thing is for most of us, and especially those of us in the US, we are just surrounded by so much wealth and so much extravagance that we don't feel rich. Because relatively speaking, compared to the guy next door, the guy who has a bigger house, we're not rich. But if we can actually take an accurate view, and that's what I love about this website, is that it allows us to accurately see how wealthy we actually are. And the truth is, those of us who are Christians in America, we are among the wealthiest believers who have ever walked the earth. And in 1 Timothy 6, Paul actually has some really important things to say to the wealthy that I think absolutely apply to us as American Christians today. And he says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So in the rest of this video, we're going to unpack these 10 things that God has for us as rich Christians or American Christians to do with our money. All right, if we haven't met, my name is Bob Lodick, and on this channel, we give you practical tips and strategies to put more money in your pocket, and then we also talk about timeless biblical principles on how to manage our money wisely. So if that's something that resonates with you, you can definitely hit that subscribe button and the bell down below if you want to hear from us as we create more content like this. Now, as we're going through here, definitely scroll down to the comments section down below and feel free to add anything, any additional thoughts you have, any questions. Really, let's just turn this into a bit more of a conversation rather than a monologue with me just sitting here talking to a camera. All right, with that out of the way, let's dive into these 10 instructions for rich Christians on how we should be handling our money. First up is an admonition for us not to be haughty. And haughtiness is defined by Merriam-Webster as blatantly and disdainfully proud. And it essentially points to the stereotypical rich snob that we all kind of have encountered who actually believes that they are better than someone because they have more money. And I think there is a natural tendency for us as our net worth grows to to let that kind of creep in, which is why I think Paul mentioned it, why it was the first thing that he mentioned, because I think it's something that we can all fall victim to without even knowing it. All right, number two is that he says not to put our hope in money. And this is one that I have struggled with so much, where I find myself with my bank account not having as much as I want, and I suddenly feel uncertain, and I feel shaky. You know, and then on the other hand, when my bank accounts are full, and it feels like I have a good savings built up, it's like I feel a bit more secure. That is just me putting my trust in money, and I should not be doing that. There's nothing wrong with having some money in your bank account, but the problem is, is if, if I'm putting my trust in that number, you know, or that amount of cash in that savings account, that is not a good thing. You know, which leads us to number three, where he says to put our trust in God, because God is the provider. God is the one who in Philippians 4.19 says that he will supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's not our job. It's not our savings account. It's not our 401k. It's not the government. God is our provider. 
And number four on the list, I love because he says to enjoy your money. And this is one that I've noticed over the years from talking to a lot of different readers that a lot of people really struggle with this. And so even if they have a lot of money or a little money, it doesn't really matter because a lot of people just really struggle to actually enjoy their money. And sure, some people have no problem spending money, but a lot of times they actually feel guilty about spending it. And that's why I just love that this is in this verse because it's an admonition to us to enjoy what we've been blessed with. And obviously this can be taken to the wrong extreme, but I think for a lot of us, this is something that we need to hear. You know, and in point number five, he says to do good with our money. And I'm reminded of the parable of the talents where the stewards are entrusted with something and they're expected to do something good with it. And we are called to do good with our money. So I think one of the most obvious things is just not spending it all on ourselves is one of the obvious ways to do some good with our money. And number six ties right in where he says to be wealthy with good work. So instead of focusing all of our mental energy on how we can build our own wealth, we should be spending some of our time figuring out how we can use this abundance that we've been given to help and make the world a better place. Number seven, he says to be generous. And generosity really should be the true mark of every single Christian. We've been given so much and God has proved himself as such a generous, kind, and loving father that this should be a natural expression of our love and our desire to honor him with the abundance that we've been given. And number eight, he says to be ready to share. You know, and I like that he says to be ready to share because there are practical things that we can do to get ready to share. And so I think attacking things like greed and pride and selfishness and honestly, even debt. So for me, I see this as a additional motivation to pay off debt so that I'm not paying all this interest to banks, but that I have more that I can share. Number nine, it instructs us to store up treasure in heaven. And this phrase is mentioned a handful of times throughout scripture. And essentially we do this by giving and by our generosity. And number 10 says to hold firmly to true life. And Jesus is our source of true life. He came to give us life and that much more abundantly. So keeping our gaze firmly fixed on Jesus and always staying focused on him is one of the best things that we can be doing. All right, so that sums up this passage from 1 Timothy 6. I hope this was helpful to you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear if you'd add anything else to this. So definitely hit us up over on Twitter, or you can find us over on Instagram. If you haven't, if you're not following us on Instagram, I mean, come on, get on it. It's the best way to kind of find out what's going on day to day with what we're doing and the new content we're releasing, as well as we're pretty much sharing some sort of quote every single day. So a little bit of inspiration for you daily there. And you, so you can connect with us over there or obviously over at the website, seedtime.com. Love to see you over there as well. So hope you're having a great day and hope it stays good and hope you just are blessed throughout the day. And um, I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>